Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. Look who finally decided to show his face. Yeah, I know. I know. I um, No, I'm saying put it back. Put it away. No one wants to see that. I know. That's, I know exactly what you were saying. My God, you look nice today. Thank you. I have three zits on the same side of my face. Which side? Let me see him. Oh, I see. Uh, at the top? I see one. Yeah, yeah, there's a big one there. Yeah. But there's also, there's one, there's an old one on my nose and like a fairly recent one on my cheek. And um, what caused this? <sighs> I must be sleeping on that side at night. <laughs> I guess. That's it. And it's just blocking all the sweat from coming out. Nothing blocks my sweat. That's true. So I don't know what's going on. Your sweat is it's an act of nature. No, it's an act of God. It's all of those things. Yes, it is. This is an, in a way, those things. And yeah, I guess it is. Amen. End of episode. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Chris, what have you got there? Why, Andrew, I've got it. Oh, that was a good crack, actually. That was, that good. was a good crack. Yeah. And other than the crack you just snorted, what do you have there? I'm going to wash down this crack with an ice cold Olipop. The strawberry vanilla flavor. Oh, that's what Melinda had the other day. I know. I saw. Oh, my gosh. I cannot tell you. How happy Sarah is right now. <laughs> Does she like them? Yeah. Yes! I tried the root beer and I was like, yeah, it tastes like root beer mixed with water. But she likes them? I also don't really like root beer. She, Yes, she really enjoyed it. One of they us. didn't have the cola. I wanted us. to try the cola, One but they didn't have us. it. The cola's fine. It's actually, it's not my favorite. I mean, but it's the only flavor I'm going to like. You don't know that. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Do the others taste like fruit or root beer? See, this is the, your problem. You're like... You're like my four-year-old. By the way, Olipop is not probiotic. Supports digestive health, I guess, is really what it is. It does. There is a word on there that looks like probiotic that is not probiotic. What is it? Where's the... I think it's on the back. Prebiotics. Prebiotic, which is yeah. a different thing. Yes, it is. It means it gives you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I've been drinking so much. I'm like, let's get this show on the road. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I, I here's my thing. <laughs> uh, here comes Andrew Nunn's famous segment. Here's my thing. You know what would be great for your digestive health that tastes like fruit? Fruit? Fruit. Yeah. We do that too, Andrew. We eat fruit over Why here. Why would you eat something that tastes like fruit that is slightly, even slightly worse for you? Because we enjoy this. We enjoy soda as well. Does it taste... Not like strawberries and vanilla? It tastes like a combination of strawberries and vanilla. So why not just have strawberry and vanilla? Have you ever had just actual vanilla? It's not good. Okay, like a a small scoop of like oat milk ice cream or something. That would be equally good for you. Because Or like non-sugar... I don't know. I look. Because I'm just trying to say. This comes in a can. Okay. That, uh, that doesn't mean that we don't do that too. Sometimes I've we never just... understood why people would have like strawberry flavored candy. It's never made sense to me. Okay. Well, just eat strawberries. We also eat strawberries. Or like orange soda. Uh-huh. Have an orange. It's going to be way better for you. Uh huh. And tastes like an orange. Mm-hmm. The same way that orange soda would. But it doesn't have that fizzy taste that that soda has. So then have seltzer water to I don't I don't know man. Oh like you can God. get like a seltzer water that's flavored <laughs> and has zero calories. Mhm. Oli, a can of Olipop has 35. Look, we're never going to get this sponsorship if I keep talking, but It doesn't I, matter. You're not going <laughs> to It's man, it's in a can. I like it. What's it matter? Why does this matter? I'm, the, I'm clearly the only one 
who's like not on board. No, you're just overthinking this. Like, yes, we could. You could have strawberries. You could also have this can of Olipop. Both are good. It doesn't mean you. It doesn't matter if you have one or the other. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and just question everyone's beverage choices. Andrew, did you know this? Did you know this? Did you know this? My name is Chris Treble, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Did you know that? Well, you did refer to me as Andrew before you announced me. Right, but did you know that? Much to my chagrin, (laughs) I did. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, then we can move on. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty loyal you're pretty, listener. You're a pretty sharp guy. I'm a pretty and, loyal uh, listener you, to the show. Yeah, you are. That's true. I you would are. I would venture to say, mm-hmm. if there was a Media Lunch Break trivia contest, I would probably come in second. Yeah, I was going to say, we would. I think we would finish in the top five. Like the great uh, Robert Downey Jr., who famously... Or no, who was it? Oh, yeah, he did that too, right? Charlie Chaplin? Well, no, he... So Charlie Chaplin famously came in second place in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. The myth has it that Robert Downey Jr. did the same thing in an Iron Man lookalike contest. Did he really? No, I think someone made that up because he played Charlie Chaplin. I think you might be right. But I have heard tell. If only there was a way to check this. Someone asked Robert Downey Jr., and about half an hour later, when his answer ends, we will know the truth. He looks so old now that he's not on the Marvel money. <laughs> I mean, well, I think he looks old even when he was on the Marvel money, but the Marvel money can de-age him on screen. I think that's what it is. Well, no, even in person, like he's always, you know, I'm sure they paid the best physical fit, like oh, the fitness yeah, 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 trainers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He probably had hair dye and makeup. Right, and right, right, right. He was eating certain, only the things Marvel would let him eat, you know, rats. Like instead of having a strawberry soda, he would have actual strawberries, things like that. That's right. And now he's That's just right. up down to the he's soda. a rich man. Because he's a rich man. Bitty, 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 bum. That was beautiful. Can we get the rights for that song or no? No. Here's what he looks not. like now. He still looks in great shape, but he looks older to me. Yeah, he does. Also, you know what? In some ways, the beard de-ages him. He has one of those rare faces. He's got a lot more like loose skin. Yeah. Which is fine. But I think you're right. He's not doing the Iron Man workout. Yeah, he, he's still very, he's still pretty cut for an old man, but he doesn't look like a superhero anymore. How old is RDJ? Um, 105. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Sounds about right. Should we get into this? You want to know how old Robert Downey Jr. is? Yeah, sure. Why not? What, what else do we got to talk about? Um, Neil Adams died. 57. <laughs> I don't know how those two things go together. Well, you asked me. You asked me, what else do we have to talk about? You answered about? two questions at the same time. <laughs> well, one back to back, I think. Right. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like, uh, <laughs> that is exactly what it would sound like. Very good. All right, let's get into this. So, uh, Andrew, yeah. from time to time, and by from time to time, I mean only one time, we do these artist spotlights where we cover an artist's kind of body of work, or at least some greatest hits or something like that. And Neil Adams died at the age of 80. Let's see, by the time this comes out, I guess it would be about two weeks ago now. 
I think that's a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And I figured this would be a good time if we were going to do an artist spotlight and we kind of had an opening of trying to figure out what to talk about today. That that if we were going to talk about anything, let's talk a little bit about Neil Adams. I think there's I think today in comics, there are a lot of stars as far as writers and artists that people enjoy, you know, Tom King, Brian Azzarello, things like that. We'll get to one of them, I think, in the reading assignment. (laughs) Yes, we will. But there's not, I don't think there's as many pioneers as there there are, say, stars. You You mean like game changers? Yeah, game changers. People who totally shift the medium. The industry, yeah. Neil Adams was a pioneer. I mean, this guy changed... A lot of stuff, uh, and and a lot of it would be with with Denny O'Neill as well, the, the his writing partner, or I should say, the writer to his artistry. But when you think of really, I mean, first of all, obviously, when you think of Batman, the Batman we have today, whether it's in comics, it's in movies, it's in television, it's in whatever, was really formed by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams and the art of Neil Adams. And I, I, you know, he, he obviously created a lot of characters and we'll get into some of this stuff as well. But um, to kind of extrapolate on that, it didn't really just stop at Batman. I, you know, Neil Adams and again, the work of him and O'Neill kind of took comics in a different direction. It took it out of this bright, happy direction that it was going in in the 50s and in the 60s and took it into not a darker direction. I mean, in some ways, a darker direction. It was, but, yeah. Yeah, but a, a, what a, to extrapolate it, just a more serious tone, a more adult tone, a more, uh, um, you know, dealing with actual issues, deal, you know, having a social consciousness that we, that you hadn't seen before. It's interesting, too, because Batman started off pretty serious and adult. Yes. And I mean, he had a fucking yeah. gun. Yeah. Like, when he was first around, he was just a dude walking around punching thugs and throwing them in jail and... Like, he shot people. Yes. And then the, I believe it was the Comics Code Authority. Came in. Was like, hey, everyone, we think that comic books are turning children into serial killers. Yeah. And there was this huge, like, widespread panic. And uh, everybody, all parents around the country lost their minds. Right. And so all of a sudden, this new Comics Code Authority had been created where there was a group of people who decided whether something was suitable for children or not. And for a while... If it didn't have that uh, stamp on the front yep. cover that said approved by the Comics Code Authority, people would not buy it. Nope. They, they wouldn't purchase it because they don't want their kid growing up to be some hooligan. Yep. So uh, instead, they could have just like been like, well, no one likes Batman. We can't do Batman because he's too aggressive. But instead, they shifted it to a more sort of cartoony way, which we see in the Adam West TV shows. Right, 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 right. And uh, because of the 66 Batman, that was really like that was the direction the comics had it as well. Yeah, that was the direction they took the comics because the the series was such a hit. And really that even after the end of the series, that's what people thought of as Batman. That's what they, they just assume like, oh, that's Batman. You know, by that time he'd been around for let's see, 37, almost 40 years. And so, you know. The kids that were reading Batman comics, they weren't around, obviously, when he was in that darker tone. So he's like, oh, this is what Batman is. This is what he's always been. And this is what he is. And Neil Adams really took that back. He took Batman from that campy light bright night 
and made it really into the dark night detective that we that we see today. Less than two years after yeah, the, after the end of the, end of the show, the, yeah, the Adam West show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't just do it with Batman. I mean, he's the one. You know, we think of the Joker as like this maniac killer. That's Neil Adams and and Denny O'Neill. That you know, before that, again, he was this just funny clown who you know had giant typewriters and all sorts of weird stuff but they took this back to like what you see in things like the killing joke or you know the movie the dark knight or any or you know um mark hamill's rendition of the joker in the animated series and frankly any character in any film portrayal since adam west exactly the tim burton nicholson's yeah uh this comes from Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill's work on on not Batman. just the Joker I mean, though I'm saying even Batman and the other characters yes, as well absolutely yeah 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 I mean the guy the guy created Man Bat and Rachel Gould that's right yeah you know that's probably I was just watching a video about the creation of, of Rachel Gould and their their run of comics which um, is fascinating to me and I I didn't even realize this they didn't really have a quote unquote run together uh, on Batman. Mm. It was a series of like individual issues over the course of 12, 11, 12 issues or something like that. It wasn't ever like, you know, today you'll have a pairing like um, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder for like the entire new 52 of Batman. Or at least like even in Marvel, you'll see like there's an arc, like we're going to stick together the same writer, same artist for an arc until our story's done. And then we'll get new people to write a new story. Right, right, right. Yeah, but this was just a random, you know, issue here, two issues there, that type of thing. But the, the it, I think that it only speaks to the kind of impact that that has because it wasn't over the course of a sustained arc. It's so powerful that just an issue here, an issue there starts to change the course of this huge ship that is Batman to a different direction, to new horizons, if you will, which is is an incredible feat to do for a character that, again, for the last 40 years, well, I guess for the last maybe 30 or 25 years, it was something completely opposite. And the guy had gotten started early, early on. It's funny because he came, he really came from humble beginnings. I was looking into his background and he started on like, he started at DC Comics and really they gave him stuff that was really below his level. I mean, well, he started... actually, even before DC Comics. Yeah. He so he he was born in 1941 on Governor's Island in New York City, which was a place that I didn't even know people could be born. I did not know that either. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, he graduated from the School of Industrial Art in Manhattan in 1959. And within three years of graduating, he had worked on Archie Comics, yes. The Fly, yes. Ben Casey, and with an advertising company that specialized in comic book style marketing. And it makes you wonder where your life took a wrong turn, doesn't it? I know. I know. Well, Three I, I know. years of graduating yes. high school. Yes. It's crazy. And then he didn't even consider his career started until he started working for DC. Right. But that's the thing. Well, also remember, that was in the days when like comics were still considered kid stuff. Yeah. So, you know, to to get out of art to, uh, an art school and and go to work for a comic company, you know, and choose to do that. Yeah, if you were like 
I want to draw comics. Because, yeah, even people like Stan Lee, Stan Lee fell into it. Like, he was just a, a coffee getter. Right. And they were like, he was, Stan Lee wanted to be the next great American novelist. That's why right. he used the name Stan the Lee. The only reason Marvel ended up being what it was is because everybody quit on the same day except him. And he was just answering the phone saying, uh, I'm going to try to find someone to cover for this. Right. But so to get out of high school and go like, no, I want to go into comics. Yeah. Very People unusual. were like, go for it. Whatever, yeah. man. You really? I guess. Go. Weirdo. We've got an opening for there you. There was no money in it. No, no one gave a shit about no, it. No, not at all. But I mean, the guy wrote and then they start giving him comics of like for Jerry Lewis and Bob Hope, you know, stuff that is like well below his level. And then he got into D.C. And it really when he started at D.C., he wasn't he wasn't drawing actual comics. He was doing covers, which I think looking back is why his art when he when he finally started drawing issues is so revolutionary, because if you think of the cover of a comic, especially back when he started, like the cover was always this vastly dynamic thing. And then you open it up and it was just kind of this like very two dimensional art, that type of thing. But he brought the same type of art style that he put into covers into every panel that he drew. And it gave it so much dynamic and it gave it so much action and movement to it, you know, with his anchors, like the use of shadow and, and backlighting and things like that. You look at his famous um, two issues of the Lazarus pit of when, you know, when you think of Batman, when you think of a hairy chested Batman in the desert, welding, a, wielding, welding, wielding a sword no welding no he, he made his well, own sword I mean, somebody had to make that sword yep. and somebody he melted had the to sand put, down using the power of the sun he had to put a little bat symbol on it all right those That's don't right. come with the bat symbol on it he puts everyone on there but that cherry has to bat cherry are you okay hold on a second let me just take a sip <sighs> pizza pizza you don't see real strawberries doing that New slogan. Uh, <laughs> when you think of a hairy chested Batman in the desert, which I, I often do. I mean, who doesn't? That's Neil Adams, right? I just remember Neil Adams. I mean, we'll get into other stuff in a second, but I well, just had this random Batman thought. Begins, right? That, like, yeah, we, we wouldn't have Batman Begins without that, that storyline. Without that storyline. Yeah. I just remember Neil Adams as the guy with his own booth at comic-con do you remember this no he had his I own we walked it. by him a couple of times really? at the new york comic-con yes and the last couple of years and it was you know uh, some of it was kind of sad because you'd see him just kind of sitting there like no one was coming up but i remember the balls on this guy because he would have not, he wasn't in artist alley where all the other people were oh. he literally was on the sales floor with his own booth an exhibitor just to he wasn't selling stuff he just was there like, I'm Neil Adams. I'm so good. I'm not going with those other idiots. Yeah. I'm right here in the middle of the sales floor. Go buy other shit somewhere else and bring it to me and I'll sign it. Like that was. Oh, that's a good idea. I was like, wow, that is balls, my friend. I follow a lot of comic book artists and a lot like all of them have told stories about meeting him. And uh, one of them actually was talking about how he when he his first year at Artist Alley, he was drawing pictures of Batman at his booth. And somebody came up and he didn't look up. He just kept drawing. And the, he heard the guy say, uh, how much are you charging for pictures of Batman? 
and he said ten bucks each, and the artist looked up, and it was Neil Adams. Oh my god! And he was like, "You should charge more for your your artwork." And then he walked away. And oh he was my like, god! Um, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Well, here, before I get into into kind of that jumping point, I'll I'll finish off with some of his other stuff because not only did he do, but we're talking a lot about Batman. But let me tell you something. Probably one of his most influential things team-ups with Denny O'Neill was actually right after Batman, which was Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yeah. And this was... This was really, I think, even more revolutionary because this was now... We talked about kind of the comics code and keeping things squeaky clean. And Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams were like, fuck that. There's lots of... there's, There's... Lots of important stuff going on. This is the 70s. Vietnam is happening. There's racial tension. There's drug use widespread throughout the country. They were like, there's stuff going on. We should be talking about it. It is unrealistic that our heroes would not encounter stuff like this. And so they did this run where Green Lantern and Green Arrow essentially just go across the country and end up dealing with all these social issues uh, that gave them a relevant commentary on these social issues that were going on during the day. So throughout the entire run, they, they encounter things with race. There's a storyline about overpopulation, about poverty and most famously drugs, because this is an, I think almost everybody in some iteration has seen this cover, the famous cover of speedy green arrow sidekick being discovered that he's a heroin addict and the idea of like not just dealing with a social issue like drugs you know marvel had had a comic i remember reading it that dealt with drugs where a random normal person in the marvel universe is hooked on drugs and the heroes try to come to the rescue and everything this was the first time they took an existing character a sidekick you know for one of their major characters and got them hooked on smack. And it was a real, th- I mean, it was a real incontinuity storyline to get speedy hooked on heroin and then have to really have that issue come to home, you know, uh, uh, really hit home with the, with the characters is, Something that you had never really seen before. I'm looking at the at the cover right now, and it has the comics code stamp on it, which I don't know how that got a stamp on it. I really don't. Well, I can uh, provide some insight to that if you would like. Go for it. I, I'm yeah yes. because uh, <laughs> fun fact. By the time this happened, yeah, because this was uh, Stan Lee was doing the exact same thing with Spider-Man at the right. time as well. They right. both released. I mean, basically, they had spies in each other's camps and they were all everybody was gossiping. Did you hear they're going to do a draft? And I forget which one came first. I think it was the Marvel one. Yeah, because the Marvel one was the one that went without the comics code thing. They were like, if you do this. We're going to do it without the comics code. And Stanley was like, all right. So because, yeah, I think you're right. I think what they did was they were like, how are they going to get past the comics code authority? And I think Stanley was like, well, they must not be going through the comics code authority. So they just didn't to see what would happen um, because there was no time because they were both putting them out at like basically the same time. Yeah. And uh, by the time. So like by the time that happened, there was no real 
committee. Ah, we did a video on this like years ago. Okay, it was a a single old woman living in her home. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So she didn't even really look at them. By the end, she was just like approving whatever came across her desk. She right. didn't even really look at it. Right, and she was like, "Yeah, whatever." As long as it didn't have like someone's head, someone being decapitated, a severed head or, or something. Right? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she was like, "Yeah, whatever. It's fine." And she she had also like she was basically legally blind because she was so old. She had these like she had cataracts and shit. Right, right. So like. Essentially, there wasn't a comics code authority. Right. That's incredible. (laughs) That's how it got approved. That's amazing. But this was, I mean, again, the idea of like taking one of your, you know, I don't want to say major character with Speedy, but Green Arrow was one of your your marquee characters. And Green Lantern. And Green Lantern, one of your marquee characters. And making the sidekick, not even the hero who's an adult, but the youth. The youth that the Comics Code Authority was established to kind of quote unquote protect and the the characters, the psychic characters were always made to market to those youth. You took one of them and made them a junkie like that's the junkie is now no longer a term that we use. But junkie, I'm looking at the cover and he says you're a junkie. <laughs> no, he says junkie. Also, while we're evaluating the cover, uh, two things. One, if you're not on Patreon, get on Patreon and get in the Let's Get Intimate tier and you yeah. can see the cover we're, we're talking about right now. And I just want to, the second thing I want to say is also just like the stance that Hal Jordan is in where he just, he looks like he's saying to Oliver Queen, like, look at this shit. Look at it. What the fuck are you Look at this fucking idiot. What, fucking what did you do? About this? Did you give him this? What is this? Yeah. Can you clean up your mess, please, on, Ollie? Jesus. Pop. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Yes. Excellent time to work in a sponsor ad. <laughs> we're talking about heroin. His uh, name is Oliver. I can't help that. speaking of addictive substances. Oh, my God. Olipop. Yeah, this is not happening. Uh, yeah. Listen, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen on our terms, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was like I said, uh, and I can't say enough. This was revolutionary. This really Again, the idea that comics are for adults and not that they can't be for kids, but the idea of like, let's not placate. Let's not just make these for kiddies. You know, the kids who had been reading comics and I think Neil Adams and Danny O'Neill kind of were the first some of the first people to get this idea because they were kids who grew up reading comics and then they went into comics. So they were like, you know, our audience is us. The kids who grew up reading comics haven't stopped reading comics, you know, so let's age with them. Let's put this at a level that they're now reading at. This doesn't just have to be, you know, we have the kids for a couple of years and then they get to high school and they fall off. And then we start our new audience over again. We can make this something that ages with our audience and keep it something interesting for them to read. And also use this as a platform to say something, you know, to say something about our country and our society and who we are. You know, I have a quote of Neil Adams that uh, I, I was saving for. I have a list of quotes, but you just reminded me of one, which is that if you're boring your artist, you're going to bore your audience. Which I really liked. Yeah. Where he said, uh, if if you find yourself as an artist, like basically copying and pasting and reprinting the same image, right. like the same face of Batman over and over again in different right. panels because you're bored with this, then right. the writing needs to change. And like yeah. you as the yeah. artist have the authority to kick it back to the writer and be like, hey, this isn't very good. You got to change something. Yeah, we got to we got to figure this out. Yeah. He said every panel should have an action in it. Yeah. And, and you know, you can feel with someone like Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, they were kind of the first, possibly the greatest pairing in comics history. 
And you can feel that this is a collaboration. They're they're one of the first that you can really feel like this is a real collaboration between artist and writer. That there's a back and forth dialogue behind the scenes to crafting this story. It's not just Denny O'Neill writes a script and sends it off and then Neil Adams gets assigned to it and then he scribbles a bunch of stuff and then it gets put out. That there's an organicness to every panel and every page. We're not even talking about my favorite contribution of his. Okay. Do you know what it is? I have. Is, is it still a DC thing? It is. Is he it? He didn't do a whole lot for Marvel. No, he didn't. He didn't do a whole lot. He did some Avengers and things like that, but he didn't do a whole lot. Is it Superman versus Muhammad Ali? It is not. Oh, see, that's that my was classic. his favorite. Yeah, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Uh, what was your favorite? You really do not know? Well, you might end up saying it and then I'll know. But no, I meant and then I'll be like, oh, of course, I knew what that is. But I don't know. What is it? I mean, you will know. But I, I'm surprised that it wasn't one that you brought to the table. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm, I don't know what is it because it's a pretty big deal, at least to me. Are you talking about something he did in comics or behind the scenes? In comics. Okay. I don't know. Essentially, he on paper co-created, but essentially created by himself and against all odds, John Stewart as a Green Lantern. Yes. Yes, I didn't know that would be your. I was about to say that, but I didn't know that. I used to. We've talked about this. I think I used to have a Green Lantern shirt because I watched the old Justice League cartoon that had John Stewart on it. Yeah, and I remember one time getting made fun of because the, someone said like, "Oh, who invited Hal Jordan?" And I didn't know who that was, and like everybody made fun of me, and I was like, "Oh, whatever. I don't. I don't know." And I didn't even ask. Like I didn't know what they were joking about, but I was like, "Whatever," and we went about our day. I didn't realize John Stewart was your Green Lantern. Yeah, interesting. Yes. And then um, I also just found an interview with Neil Adams where at first I thought he was being kind of maybe a little too arrogant. Maybe there was a little narcissism in it. But then I ended up thinking to talk about himself. But then I thought I thought about it and I actually ended up agreeing with him on this point, which is that he said he thinks one of the reasons that the Green Lantern film failed is because people looked at Ryan Reynolds on screen and went, who's that? Not who's Ryan Reynolds, but like, right. oh, it's a Green Lantern movie. Wait, who's that guy? Which it could be anyone. Where's the black dude? Oh, yeah. You know, the timing of that you're right, because the cartoon. Because I did that. Yes. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, we're going to get a Green Lantern movie. I'm going to get to see Jon Stewart. And then I was like, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. he was saying was that like people were like, who's Hal Jordan? That's that's fair, actually. Um, it's definitely possible because you're right for a while because of the Justice League cartoon. John Stewart, the most popular one at the time, at least widespread, not among right. comic book readers. Right, but right, like right. for if you're going to make a big budget film, that's for everyone to come see. Right. Usually you go for whoever's popular more in like television or something like that. Or you don't necessarily usually do that, but like. At least back then, this was before they had to like double dip into like, who do we have left? You know? Yeah. With so with something like the Green Lantern Corps, because you've you've asked me like, who's your favorite? Because you there's been Hal Jordan. There's been Kyle Rayner. There was Alan Scott. You kind of like with multiple iterations of the same character, you fall in love with the one that was prevalent when you were growing up you know and for a lot of people because of that cartoon was john stewart which neil adams created additionally there's also a great conversation with neil adams on youtube that you should look up where he's he talks about trying to create john stewart 
And he comes into D.C. and he's like, hey, I think you should create a new Green Lantern. And they're like, oh, we actually just did. We have one now. And they're like, oh, right. That uh, what's his name? And they're like, yeah, yeah, Guy Gardner. And he's like, right. The gym teacher. Right. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, "Okay, cool. So let me get this straight. Alien dies on the planet. Ring flies off to find like the guy with the strongest will. It passes Superman. It passes Batman. And it heads to a white male gym coach. Cool. Um, Let's hit him with a bus. And the guy was like, what? Why hit him with a bus? And he's like, well, we could like, I don't know if he falls or something. It'll break his arm and he'll be out temporarily. But like, he'll be back in the game really quick. So I think a bus would be enough to like really knock him out entirely. And then we could replace him with a new Green Lantern. And the guy's like, I forget who it was who was talking. He's like one of the, the editors in chief. Like, I think it was Julius Schwartz. Could be, yeah. But the other yeah. guy was like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, well, I just think he's like, I have an idea, you know, for a, a Green Lantern who's like maybe a black guy, yep. which makes yeah. sense, you know, in this time. And like, you know, if you're looking for someone who's, you know, proven to persevere over like extreme circumstances, a black right. American is probably the best route to go. Right. And the guy was like, I don't know. I don't know. And they thought about it for a long time. And eventually the guy was like, OK, OK, fine, fine, fine. And uh, he came back in and he's like, uh Hey, I got a name for you. Let me see if I wrote it down. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. We're going to go with your thing. We picked out a name. Yes. His name is Lincoln Washington. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, Neil Adams was like, what, what, are, you what talking are you talking about? about? What is, yeah. what is, where did you get this from? And he's like, oh, all black people have names like that. And he's like, no, those are slave names. We, look, just pick a different name. And yeah. the guy's like, well, what kind of name do you want? And he's like, I don't know, just fill a glass bowl with a bunch of random names and pick two out at random. Right. And he was like, I don't know, like. John Stewart. Let's do that. And that's how they, and he's like, all right, fine. We'll name it John Stewart. And then when he ended up doing the artwork for the character, he got pushed back against as well because they were like, hey, uh, you know, the skin color on John is coming in a little dark. We think it would sell better if he was a little lighter skinned. And he was like, nope, that's not who this character is. That's not who it's aimed at. Right. It's not aimed at people who want to see a lighter skinned black man. This is a black man in America. Right. And uh, one of my favorite quotes of his he said he was asked, OK, we can try to do that. But are you sure black people won't be offended? And he said they've been offended for about 50 years. <laughs> I, what yeah, a I remember, fucking pioneer, man. I know. I remember him uh, talking about that. I think he was talking to Kevin Smith about this at one point, And he was like and he was telling that same story about creating Jon Stewart. And he's trying to argue like we don't have enough diversity in the characters you know and things like that and they were like well he's like well how jordan has an asian friend who and he's like you call him pie face yeah. in the comics yeah he's like what are you an idiot like he was so bad they're like but he has an agent it's like you call him pie face yeah you can't do that anymore it was ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's so weird that, like, it, it when you look back on that time and you think, like, well, they were really progressive. You know, the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> or like uh, the Green Hornet had Kato. And that's the thing. It's like he was, again, Neil Adams. One of the things that make him a pioneer is, is one of the things that makes a lot of people like him a pioneer is that he just happened to come in at the right time. He came in. He was the new guard. And all of his bosses were the old guard, you know, in the days when they went, well, yeah, we have diversity because we gave them one, 
You know, it didn't matter how that one was portrayed or who that one was. They were like, but we have one in there, so it counts. What do you mean it's racist? Song of the South has a black guy in it. Right. It's stuff like that. (laughs) You know, it was always that sort of thing. Before we get off of this, I want to talk a little bit about his stuff behind the scenes, because that even more than the stuff he did on the page is really where his legacy will last because the business of comics changed because of Neil Adams. Behind the scenes, Adams was an advocate for for creator rights. So he fought for artist rights, first of all, to keep their original artwork, which was revolutionary back then. The artists would submit their artwork and the comic company would keep them in a vault and that would be it. Or they would destroy them forever. They would just go, all right, we made the comic. Now we can pitch these. Yeah, we made our money. Yeah, exactly. And so Adams was like, no, 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 no. These guys, you pay them shit. And if you're not going to pay them more, then you need to return the original artwork to the artist. Because again, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill were like, well, we grew up reading comics. Our fans grew up reading comics. They're all adults now. Adults who have money. Adults who love collecting. Oh, yeah. And they'll pay money for the original artwork. You know, these comic shops can sell these in their comic book stores for, you know, sometimes hundreds of dollars. The comic artists and the comic writers that you pay crap to can make more money by selling their original artwork when they need it. Yeah. And it Especially gave, if you're just going to burn it. Exactly. They were like, what does it matter? So now, and that is still true to this day that what you do is you create your art, you know, you, you draw it on the paper if you draw it on paper now, but you draw it on the paper, you send it into the company and then they send it back to you, or at least back when that they still needed to do that, they would literally make the page and then it was required that they would send it back to the artist and the artist could keep it in their files. And if they were down on hard luck or they just wanted to get rid of it, they could sell it. And it would, it was another revenue stream for these artists to keep them afloat, to keep them going so that they could work in, in the industry that they wanted to. So they, they keep going in comics. Um, probably, uh, actually, and I, I read this, one of the reasons he started doing this and he started championing this idea is because he saw the treatment of Jack Kirby. Um, and how Marvel treated Jack Kirby, who, you know, was a revolutionary creator in his own right. And then basically was like bankrupt, you know, and they, the, he was like, this guy create, helped create Captain America. He created the new gods. He did all these amazing things and he can't get any money because, you know, he stopped working and, and, and you don't consider his work good enough. And now he can't do anything. And this guy helped helped pave the way for everything you guys make money on today. You need to do something. And and this this idea of like returning that artwork. He's like Jack Kirby had his original beautiful artwork. It's stunning to look at. It's a work of art. Every panel is a work of art. This guy could sell it and make hundreds of dollars per page. And that's what they do now. That's again. That's. That's the norm. Probably his most famous thing as far as behind the scenes advocating for the rights of creators is his work with the creators of Superman, of of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. These guys, man, they had gotten such a bum deal. Yeah, they got the shaft. They got the shaft. Now, this was in the day and age when when they created Superman, no one knew 
No one knew what this was going to be. There was no way to know. But they sold this this character to DC Comics and DC Comics not only made comics out of it, but they made merchandise, they made cartoons, they made radio shows, television shows, movies, all sorts of things. It was everywhere. The symbol is omnipresent at this point. And they made billions off of this character. And Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster made nothing off of it. At one point, I think it was Schuster, was a janitor at DC Comics after he had stopped doing comics. And Neil Adams saw this and was like, that guy created Superman and he's mopping the floor. And there's no way that this should that this should be. It doesn't make any sense. You know, they're making a movie with Christopher Reeve and Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman, the biggest stars in the world. And this guy's mopping the floors. And I remember you can actually see in the building that he created them. in the building that he created them, you know. And so he went out and, and advocated for them. I mean, other writers had been saying this as well, but he went out and I mean, he was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson with the two of them talking about this and getting it wasn't just in the industry. He got it out to the general public of like the injustice that is going on with this. And because of that. The two of them their fam- and their families, they received a remuneration and they s- received overdue credit for their work. And, and, you know, they still get a credit to this day. You know, you'll see if Superman guest stars in something, you'll see it's like Superman. It's something like Superman appearing due to the permission of the Schubert like family. With courtesy. Or something. Or with courtesy. Something, yeah, yeah, something, something. It's Siegel permission. and just and family. That's that's amazing, you know, and they get a check for that, which they should. You know, they get a check for all of this stuff just to make sure that's really the big legacy. We don't get an image comics without Neil Adams. You know, the idea that creators have their the right to own their own work in all sorts of capacity. The work of Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane and, and those guys that created image, it's coming down the path that Neil Adams pioneer that Neil, Neil Adams helped to help to plow. Although DC might and potentially Marvel might want to thank them all for that because Potentially, we would have gotten an image comics and everybody would have gone to them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, in yeah. a way, DC should be thankful for that because they probably kept a lot of their people around. Right. Because of this, uh, the stuff that Neil Adams did as right. far as giving the artwork back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that he because he also tried to do something like this. It wasn't as successful, but he tried to unionize all the creators at one point. He created his own company that was kind of like image where he was yeah. like, yeah, if you come over, it only lasted for like 10 years. Yeah, though. it didn't last very long. But it was that idea of like, you know, he was kind of the first one out the gate. He was kind of the sacrificial lamb of like, yeah. this is where this should go. It was also in the 90s and it closed in like 2004. So I think he his like what needed to happen had mostly happened. happened by exactly. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, it, it's the loss of a giant is really what yeah. it is. He's 80 years old. Yeah, I know. I mean, good innings on him. Yeah. You know? And he died of complications to sepsis. 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 Yeah. Septins. Yeah. Sepia. Sepia tone? Susu Studio. Yes. Susu Studio. 
Yes, that's there. It is. Um, I yacked a lot. Was there anything that you had? Uh, Not really. I, I had thought while I was looking this up too. I was like, I don't give a shit about artists. While I was like doing research on him, because I didn't know very much about Neil Adams. Right. Right. And then I remembered like there was this one time. I still have not read this book to this day, but I remember there was one time I was in this bookstore. I was very young. It was like right after the movie V for Vendetta came out. Mm-hmm. And I looked over and I was like, oh, they have the V for Vendetta graphic novel. Right. Maybe I would enjoy reading that. Right. And I walked over and I cracked it open to a random page. And then I immediately closed it and said, nope, I'm good. And put it back on the shelf. And uh, I think that speaks to precisely how important artwork is. Yeah. It's a very interesting thing that like, you know, I don't know how much I would have given Saga a chance, let's say, without the beautiful artwork of Fiona Staples. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, we were, we grew up in theater. We have degrees in theater. Right. And it's one of those things that like, it's very common for people who don't know. It is rude to congratulate tech people Yes. On their work. It's, it right. sounds silly, but like it's rude to say to the lighting designer, oh, my God, the lights were so the lights great. Were great. It's rude you're to, noticing the lights. Right. It's rude to say to the set person, the set was beautiful. And right. the reason for that is because if you're focusing on the lights, if you're focusing on the set, you're missing the story. The whole right. point is to contribute to the story. Right. And so in a way, if you don't notice the artwork... You don't give it attention. You don't give it credit as an audience member, as a reader, then they've succeeded. They've done their job. This is, yeah, uh, uh, he definitely brought that kind of dynamic. What we see as kind of commonplace today in comics, he was one of the guys that brought that idea. That it doesn't have to be flat, that it, it should have a movement. Like you said, every panel should have an action to it, that it's not just we're going to just see these flat images. There's there's a dynamic movement to take us from place to place. I saw an uh, interview with him as well, where he was talking about I think it might have been Jack Kirby that gave him a lot of ideas about that because he was looking at some of his drawings and he said he noticed that the muscles had straight lines through them that represented like three dimensional muscles. Right. And he was like, like they created depth and he had never seen that in a comic before. And he was like, that's what I want to do. I want to start creating three dimensions in this artwork. Yeah. And he really did. Yeah. And like I said, if you think of Batman today, that starts with Neil Adam. Everybody just took that ball and ran and it's never really, gone back you know it's still that stoic not stoic but the darker somber not somber thank you that's the word i'm looking for the somber not smiling you know mature mature dark night detective yeah that started with neil adams and it i can't see it going back to anything but that <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. why would you There's not so long much- term certainly i think they have sort of dipped back into that occasionally from time to time but Batman is is who he is. Yeah, I mean they use that some as sometimes as a comic foil, like we saw in you know the one Justice League run in the eighties and things like that. But it's still that Batman, then just surrounded in an absurd situation, and you get sure. I mean, like they've they've made new comics of the nineteen sixties Batman. Oh yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But other unless you're going to do a comic based on the nineteen sixties Batman, right? 
it's going to be the Neil Adam Batman from here on out. There's no one. And I think it's safe to say as well, without Neil Adams, we don't have uh, the 1990s animated series as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the the episode that introduces Rachel Gould in the animated series is basically a really faithful adaptation of the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill storyline that introduces the idea of the Lazarus pit to the comics. But I just mean you take this, you know, pilot to the head of Warner Brothers and they're like, who is this? This isn't Batman without Neil Adams, you know? Right. Absolutely. This is some yeah. serious grouch. Well, I mean, it's funny because, <laughs> you know, the which is the animated series drew from the 89 movie, which drew right. from Frank Had Miller's the same, Dark uh, Knight soundtrack. Returns. Yeah. But you don't get Dark Knight Returns. Exactly. Without Neil. You know, everyone's like, oh, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller. That's when it got dark. And it's like, yeah. not actually. Actually, yeah. it was already dark. He just took it slightly darker. Yeah. But it was already there. You know, this guy it's was like back. saying that the, the new movie is finally they made a dark Batman. Right. They've been it's doing like, that. Nah, we've had that a few times. We've had that. <laughs> they just made it darker. Yeah. They just know? they they you know, the editor found the brightness slider and just slid it all the yeah, way down. They're like, oh, there's still a little more to go on this. I can, I can take this down <laughs> I even can more. still see a little bit of his face. Let's yeah, bring let's it down, take it a, little down bit. a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, 80 years old, good life. But uh, he's one of those guys like you could live to 120, still gone too soon type of thing. You know? Yeah. Should we go on to the reading assignment? Let's do it. Let's go on to the reading assignment. You gave me. Doctor, I, I don't know why I paused like I didn't know what. Yeah, you gave it was me. weird. I was like, did you read this? <laughs> you gave me Dr. Strange. You gave me the 1978 issue of Playboy. No, that's you gave great. me. That's the one that I'm in. Oh, yeah. That's why she looks so familiar. <laughs> what did I give you, Chris? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. You gave me Dr. Strange, the oath. So this is uh, this is a limited series from 2007. It was written by Brian K. Vaughn, and it, the art was by Marcos Martin. I said that like I know him or something. You said it like you were calling him down for the Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> so here's or like the. Have you ever seen basketball? Yeah. When they're trying to psych each other out, and he's like Steve Perry, and they're like, "Man, no journey psych outs." That's pretty good. This is a five issue limited run where I'll just say it right now. I'll just go spoilers for Dr. Strange, the oath. There's a lot that happens. There's a in lot this. that happens in it. I can't really talk about the plot without just spoiling a bunch of stuff. Do you want to talk about whether you liked it or not? Oh, first? Yeah, I was going to talk about the plot first and then got into that. But we can do that, too. You want to give just like a blanket. Do you recommend it or do you not? I do recommend it. OK, great. I'll give then, a blanket. Yeah. I do recommend right, it. So, so now spoilers. OK, great. So in this, basically what happens is Wong, it turns out, is dying and he's got a brain tumor. And the only thing that can cure him is this elixir that Dr. Strange has found. And oh, no, it turns out the elixir can cure a lot more than just brain cancer. And oh, no, someone stole the elixir. And now we got to go get it back. That's I'll, I'll do that much. And then that way I don't have to spoil. All too right. Much. Sounds good. I'll spoil more later. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I really did like this. I will say this going into especially conscious that right now, Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness is out and everyone has gone to see it or is about to go see it. If you're like me, 
where you tangentially know Marvel comics and you've read some of it, but not a lot of Doctor Strange and your basic knowledge of Doctor Strange is coming from the movie. There is a slight adjustment because you have to remember that the character of Wong was created back during that time that we just talked about (laughs) in the last segment. Where yeah. a lot of people were it's racist. It's not that bad, though. No, it's not. This is not that bad. What I'm saying is I was like, oh, right. The Asian <laughs> servant. Yeah. Got it. But they don't. I mean, again, they have moved on. Who's from, very good at martial arts. Who's very good at martial arts. Yeah. Oh, right. That's what his origin is. They don't really harp on the origin. And of course, you know, they. St- it's very much like the whole trajectory of this storyline is the idea of like Dr. Strange truly loves Wong as a friend and, and as, and considers him an equal. Yeah. And in fact, there are moments, I think on the first couple of pages where the, like the night nurse is like, Hey, what's your servant doing or whatever? And he's like, show him some respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they do away with that really quickly. But like I said, I had, I, in the back of my mind knew that, yeah. But I, to- I don't really read Doctor Strange, so I totally yeah. forgot. And I think of Wong like I think of the MCU. And then he came on and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, right. Well, yeah, okay. there's a lot of that that it's very hard to get rid of. Like, I always talk about that with um, Iron Man as well. The first Iron Man comic is so hard to read. Yes. It's yeah. just like it's, it's it, everything is just like, hey, all the yellow people are the same. Right. Right. Like that's the whole it's so yeah, yeah, yeah. racist yeah. and weird. And so you're trying to work with this thing, you you know, and Marvel doesn't really retcon like yeah. uh, or I mean, they, they have, in. but it's very they rare. Have. But what I'm saying is like DC like does a big crisis event and then just retcons their entire universe. And Marvel doesn't really do that. But also like you don't need to. Everyone else was racist at the time. Yeah, we can. So by 2007, they're like, listen, this is what it is. We're not going to harp on it. We're, We're gonna trying make to it retcon very small things, small things so that it's not as offensive. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't like I said, I didn't bump on it, bump on it. I was just like, oh, right. Right. OK. Uh, yes. Now I remember that. But that being said, I really do like this. And you do get the feeling of like, you know, Doctor Strange and Wong. I'm trying to make this not sound gay. And yet all I can do is pretty gay. They have a very special relationship. I mean, they they, you know, for being his quote unquote servant. I mean, the guy goes literally to other dimensions to save this man's life, which is it's very touching. Boy, Doctor Strange is such a prick in this, isn't he? (laughs) In this. Wow. I mean, yeah, but in other things, too. But, man, you can just it drips. Like what in particular? You mean before you mean like in the, the flashbacks? No, uh, no, you can tell he has quite the confidence in himself throughout the entire five issue run. You think confidence makes you a prick? No, but I can. There's an air about him where he's like, well, certainly I was the best and I'm still the best, <laughs> um, which is fun. I just was like, and I know that's his typical character, but yeah. it's the first time I had really run into like, it is very much on front street. Yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the sure. fucking man in every panel. <laughs> he is. He loves to hear himself talk. You can tell. I mean, there's a very clear character of Stephen Strange in this. Of what Brian K. Vaughn really thinks is Doctor Strange. And that is like, I was the best surgeon in the world. And then I became the best sorcerer in the world. Yeah. And all of you can fuck off because I'm the best and you're all a bunch of morons. Yeah, for sure. And I will talk about it openly. No problem. Yeah. He just like, I, I mean, his all of his dialogue bubbles 
are like twice the size of everyone else's. And it's not like the old, you know, we've talked in like uh, Secret Wars where it was like these long expositional bubbles. Right. It's not that. No. He's just very eloquent. (laughs) Yeah. He's just very eloquent speaking, but he's doing this as like. I'm very intelligent. And Wong is like, hey, man, I'm literally dying over here. I'm really dying. I don't know if you know this, but like time is of the essence. So maybe, (laughs) you know, three, four words will do the trick. You know, Shakespeare said brevity is the soul of wit. So can we wrap this shit up? Yeah. And I haven't even heard a lot of wit from you. It's just a lot of like I'm the best (laughs) stuff. So we get it. (laughs) You know, show it. Don't tell it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want a little Easter egg that I thought of? Sure. Timely comics. Is the original name of Marvel Comics. That's and true. Going and against, Timely is the name of the CEO, yeah, I think. Of the, of yeah, the, of the industry, of the um, company. Pharmaceutical. The pharmaceutical oh, company yeah. that they're trying to get. You want a, another Easter egg? Go for it. Nicodemus West, who I won't spoil, is a, is an important character in this. Yes. Is in the first Doctor Strange film. He is? Yes, he is. Is that the guy that... Who's what's the actor's name? I can't remember. But he's the other surgeon. Is he the other surgeon? He's the guy. You will remember this scene in the first surgery scene with Doctor Strange. He's pulling a bullet out of a man's brain. Yes. And he sticks his little tongue in, and then he sits for a minute, and he says, "Doctor West, cover your watch." Oh, really? That's who that is? Yeah, and they well, and they refer they call him Nicodemus as well, or in another scene earlier, because the guy is trying to. He's harvesting the guy's body yeah, for yeah, yeah. organs. And yeah. they're like, this man isn't dead. And he's like, sure he is. And they're like, no, he's not. And here's some medical jargon that explains why. And he's like, oh, my God, you're right. He's the, uh, he's played by the one actor that's in like a bunch of stuff, though, right? He's not I just no a random. Okay, okay. I'm going to look this up. I don't recognize him. But uh, by the way, every t- <laughs> ironically, every time somebody said Nicodemus, I thought they were saying Nicoderm, which is something used to quit smoking so you don't, in fact, get cancer. I always thought of uh, uh, Nostradamus. Ah, that's pretty good, too. I do like that this is it, it falls into the trap that a lot of the Marvel movies fall into, which is let's give the hero basically the bad version of themselves as the villain. But. Here it, it actually kind of works. Yes, it is. Michael Stolberg is the guy who plays Nicodemus. Don't know who that is. He's actually really good. He's a, if you ID, IMDB him, you'll see he's in a bunch of stuff. He was in Dope Sick recently. Not the point. Great. What was I saying? Was I saying something? Were you talking or was I talking? Where am a I? Mirror evil version of the hero. Yeah, uh, but in this in this one, it, it I don't know, it yeah. kind of works. Well, interesting too that they, um, I've read a lot of reviews of this that point out that this is a very low mysticism storyline. Like the villains he is fighting are not they're they're very on the ground. There yes. are some like very mystical elements at work that yeah. he is he has to fight sometimes yeah, in yeah. the midst of it. But for the most part, he is hunting down human people on Earth. Right, right. You also I this is a detail I love that's just randomly popped into my head. Near the end there's, of course, the fight, which I kind of love that he pulled out that that Nicodemus pulled out this thing to like for the next three minutes. We can't use magic. We're just going to beat the shit out of each other on a yeah. rainy rooftop. But I yeah. love he uh, strange pulls off the gloves. The and you can, time, see, the and you scars. see the scars on his hand. I, I love never that. Seen that. 
I was like, I zoomed oh, in shit. super far. He would have because at I, first I was like, because it's raining, and I was like, are those just raindrops? And no. I looked, and you can see the dots, dots where the searchers went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, they should put that in the MCU. They His should. hands should always look. They should like be fucked just up. Fucked up. Yeah, I was like, that's a detail that they should start putting in. It'd be great. I love that little detail. Speaking of artists. <laughs> yeah, really. This is also, uh, it's not the introduction of the night nurse, but it is the introduction of Doctor Strange meeting the night nurse, which at the end, spoilers for literally the last panel, they do some smoochy smoochy. They get a little kissy kiss. They get a little kissy kissy. A little smoochy. Mm-hmm. Which I believe continues on like this is now a thing that has happened off and on throughout marvel now like where people kissy kiss now <laughs> where uh <laughs> they just kissy kiss at random moments mostly tony stark and steve rogers yeah nice we're talking about thing. fan fiction right yes we are we're talking about my fan fiction right yes yeah yeah okay, yeah great. we're talking about your issue of playboy that you were in oh yeah i'm i'm dressed as steve rogers but uh, I only have the shield. And yet it still isn't enough to cover it, ladies. Let me just put it that way. My butt. Um, no, the Night Nurse and Doctor Strange have been an item like off and on since this came out. Is that not true? Am I wrong on this? I thought I was right on this. I have no idea. Great. Thanks. Just say yes. I'm not really a big Doctor Strange reader. This is, I think, the first Doctor Strange comic I've ever read. All right. I've seen him in stuff. Will it be the last? No. Yes. Because uh, they're going to make another Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> and I'm going to assign it. And you have to find it. something else yeah, yeah, okay. to talk about. Cool, cool, cool. I think the Night Nurse and he have had a relationship off and on throughout since this. I want Rosario Dawson back. Oh, that's right. Because she's the I was like, we've had the Night Nurse in the MCU. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this one in particular is because uh, right. she, we have seen the Night Nurse before. Yeah. And she was in the same universe as Charlie Cox's Daredevil and um, yes. Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. And spoiler alert for a couple of movies like Spider-Man No Way Home and the TV show Hawkeye. Right. We have both of those people. They're back. So. They're back. Jack. Corn pop, baby. What? (laughs) I'm just, I'm being Joe Biden. I don't know how it happened, but we we made it here. It happens. So yeah, Rosario Dawson could absolutely come back as that character. Yeah. Because I remember when the first Doctor Strange came out, people were rumoring that Rachel McAdams would become the night nurse, that that's what was going to happen because they're a romantic item. And they were like, they do the kissy kissy in in all the comics. Mm. I did see this was before. By the way, uh, if you're still listening to this, the I'm not sure why last 45 minutes of the movie have leaked. Really? So stay away from social media until you see it. If you want to. Whoa. I mean, reportedly, I assume it's real. But uh, who knows? So just, you know, be on the lookout for that. I've been trying really hard to stay away from stuff. Or it's 44 minutes of... Smoochy smooch. Never going to give you up. Oh. By... <laughs> uh, I'm smoochy smooch and uh, Rosario that'd Dawson. Be, oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but I before that leaked, I did see an analysis of the first trailer that showed that... Forget what it was. I think it might be that the hair color is different or something, but there are two different... What's that actress's name? 
Rachel McAdams. Rachel there are McAdams. Two, Rachel, two different Rachel McAdams. So one could be the night nurse in another dimension or something. True facts. How come my hair doesn't grow here? I don't know. I've been. That's why I can't form a sentence. It's all I've been thinking this entire podcast. And by this entire podcast, I mean the last five years. I'm thinking for King Lear. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm in a show. I have to plug it now. It's going to be in Central Park in uh, the end of May and early June. Uh, tickets are free. I'm thinking because it takes place. It's King Lear and it takes place in frontier, like Old West times, like Frontiers times, like 1800s. Jesus Christ, you're going to I die. think I might. Is that why you're wearing that shirt? No. I think I might sh- just do one buzz straight down the middle and have enormous mutton chops. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Or should I just do like a big Sam Elliott mustache? Why not both? Just carve out this portion. Or, or should I add a fake mustache on top of my real mustache? Yes. Actually, what you should... No. Actually, here's what you do. Shave shave the chin yeah. and the mustache so you have the mutton chops, but then put on a fake mustache that yeah. looks exactly like your real mustache. Yes. You know what I think I'm going to do? That's what you should do. What's that? Hitler mustache. Ooh, but also mutton chops? No, just the Hitler mustache because it would make sense because Hitler hadn't done what he had done yet. So there's no reason not to. And I think I'm also going to go by, I'm going to change the character name to Adolf. Yeah. You know what I also I think you should do? Instead of Hitler mustache, Hitler mutton chops. Just two very small patches. Hitler mutton chops? I barely know her. (laughs) Fucking fuck, I'm funny. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> My God, that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a funny joke. It was just amazing to watch you have a mental breakdown for the past five seconds. I bet it was. Yeah. Oh, you know how I feel every goddamn week. Because you have a mental breakdown every goddamn Hitler week? Hitler mutton chops. Hitler her mutton chops? Nope. No, it's I did not make that leap with you. I'm on the other side of the canyon on this one. You leapt over it. You made it safely. I'm happy you're there, but I'm still here. (laughs) I'll try and jump, but I'm probably going to fall to my death on that one. Yeah, you guys. Yes, I I stopped in the middle of the desert, turned around, went back to the Shake Shack. I'm fine. Went back to the the Las Vegas airport. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I was like, I'm no, at I the, think uh, there's stuff on the other side of this. I'm going to yeah, keep going. I, you know what? I'm going to stop out. off at Margaritaville and get a drink, and then I'll I'll see you <laughs> on the other side. All right. Um, what are we talking about? Are we still talking about <laughs> Doctor Strange? Yeah, I think so. Did we lose it? Yeah. I think we lost yeah, it. Yeah, it's gone. Anyway. I like this, actually. Really, just to get back around to it, I like this. I, if you're, um, after you've seen the movie, you want to see more Doctor Strange being a complete prick while saving the day, this is a good one. It, it doesn't read, it's not like the f- fastest read I've ever had, mainly because, man, he, he does love to talk. But it is, it, it flows very well. Let me just put it that way. It flows really, really well. And also, Night Nurse is a good foil for him as well, where she's like, she just kind of is like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah I get that's kind of how I felt yeah, about this as well. Great. It's like, it's a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's really not like good. The, one of the best comics I've ever read, but like, yeah, it's, yeah. if you're looking for something to pick up, it's yeah. a good one. You don't need to go into this knowing a whole lot. That's also the nice thing. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of like what I was saying with Moon Knight, like it's pretty self-contained. 
they even I mean, because part of the story kind of plays into his origin story, you don't even necessarily need to know the origin of Doctor Strange. Yeah, because it'll come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the first movie, you get it. That's enough. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. Um, All right. I'm thinking about what I'm going to assign to you. I had something ready to go. Yeah, I fucking bet you did. And then I had a thought. Do I want to change it? All right. I'll tell you what. I'll give you an option. Both of these are at some point going to be a reading assignment, but uh, you can you can choose. So you could choose another justice. This is going to probably be the last of the Justice League stories that I wanted to give you because I've been giving you a couple. Or you could do a Neil Adams story since we just talked about Neil Adams. Uh, Justice League. Okay. Let's round it out. All right, cool. Then uh, I'm going to give you Justice League. Let me make sure I say the title of this Justice correctly. League, Sittler, must, Hitler, what, did I, what was it? Hitler nope. Mustache. Nope. Hitler Mutton Chops. Wasn't there, not there, never going to be there, but I appreciate the effort. Blacked out. <laughs> this is Justice League of America, The Tornado's Path. If you find it, it might be under Justice League of America Volume 1, but this is the first storyline in this run of Justice League of America. I think this is a good one. I think I'm pretty... I remember reading this and really liking it, so I think you're going to like this. Have you read it recently? No, but It's going to suck! Yeah, bitches! Can't wait! Yes! Uh, so Justice League, The Tornado's Path, that's going to be it. That's going to be for you. For you! The listener plot twist. You didn't know I was going to sign the listener reading this. Yeah, we've assigned it to you. I don't have to read shit. Nope. You ain't I'm doing free. Jack. Broken my shackles. Oh, oh, and he's running out of the room. Oh, and he's taking off his pants. Oh, my God. Zip. Oh, jingle, jingle. That was the belt. That was your balls. <laughs> my seal balls. Yes. Yes. To suggest having a Hitler mustache in a Shakespeare play. I mean, you're going to have to have those if you want if you want to do that or to suggest having a Hitler mustache on a podcast. <laughs> do we need to tone it down with the Nazi references for the next couple episodes? I nah. feel like we've made like one an episode now and people are going to start to get the wrong idea. No, we've made it very clear. Our stance is uh, that we are pro Nazi Punching. We're pro-Nazi punching. I had to finish that sentence. Sorry. Did I hit record today? I did. Okay, good. <laughs> That's unfortunate. This is a great time to check that. It's right at the very well, end. Well, so but. it's a shame that you hit record, that we can't yes. just scrap this whole episode. That's true. Start That's over. That's very true. All right, then. Uh, I guess there's only one thing left to do. Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. I'm going to bring it down to your level for you. Ready? Kissy, kissy. What? <laughs> kissy, kiss? What? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, here, I'll bring it down to you. Ready? Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com, slash The Media Lunch Break, where the episode goes up at 8 in the morning. Every goddamn Tuesday. I'm fucking sick of it. I need it to stop, Chris. I need it to stop. Never stop. It will never stop stopping, and neither shall you. Can't quit, won't quit. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. We're also on Facebook sometimes. We're yeah, on Instagram, where our handle is at, is at the underscore media underscore lunch underscore break. Underscore. We should change that. I don't know how that happened. Can I change it? I'm going to try to change I'm going to ask Instagram. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna send a DM to Mark Zuckerman. You know what? Get ahead of the game. Just send it to Elon Musk. <laughs> You can also find us on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We're on TikTok. Our handle is at The Media Lunch Break. Uh, we had a video go uh, somewhat viral. It didn't go as viral as I was hoping it would. But I got about That th- was a very funny video. Thank you. It got about 3,000 views uh, of me. But Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal saying I'm your daddy and uh, spitting my water out. <laughs> I know. So if you want to see that. Something else came out of me too. That's right. Uh, liquid poop. You can also find us on patreon.com <laughs> slash the media lunch break. If you'd like to see videos of our liquid poop, you can go to patreon.com slash the media lunch break. What is this? Where are we going? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know, no, Chris. Man. I don't know. He straps on one flannel short sleeve shirt and just loses his goddamn mind. <laughs> well, we put what. up videos, we film these. And you can see little graphics like this one that I have forgotten to take down that I'm going to take down now. No, don't do it. Okay, I'll put it back up. Nah, take it down. No, all right. No, put it back up, actually. Here, how's this? Is that better? Yep, that's (laughs) much better. Great. No, now put the graphic back up. (laughs) I'll adjust the graphic. There we go. (laughs) That's better. That's what I want. Here, wait a minute. Oh, no, I did the wrong thing. Hang on a second. This is going to be. Can you still see me? Yes. This is going to be. Can you see this? This is going to be great content. And now it's going to look like now it's going to look like he's talking. Yeah, I was going to say now make his mouth move. Do I want you to do it like the Conan O'Brien thing where it's your lips but his face? I don't think I can. Well, you incompetent boob. There, how's that? Oh, look at that though. That's pretty good. It's pretty good, I right? Like that. You know, it's not far off from what you look like anyway. <laughs> They're just both looking at me. From beyond the grave. <laughs> this is definitely not funny to anyone listening to this. But the point of this is that if you were on, well, oh God, why isn't that gone? If you were on, <laughs> now it's all gone. Wait, are we? <laughs> what? How did that happen? This is ridiculous. Oh man, forget it. Are the zits literally sucking blood from your brain? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Are they sentient at this point? Yeah. You know what is sentient? Fuck my life. This right here. Where did it go? go? (laughs) See it doing a little dance for you? Oh, there it is. I found it. And we're back, baby. Uh, Uh, Oh, I found it is also... No, never mind. Um, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's, it's something a woman has if said. If we, many, many if times. you were were on Patreon and you watched our video, you'd be able to see all the fun, all the fun shenanigans that we just got into. If you're listening and you're like, that doesn't make any sense, and that's frustrating. Yeah, these idiots. I wonder you what's know going what's on. It's not frustrating getting on Patreon and seeing what this is all about. That's right. You'd know. You'd be in the know. You'd be one of the cool kids smoking behind the bleachers. That's right. Know what's on Patreon? Do you smoke behind the bleachers or under them? Both, really. I start. I light it under the bleacher, and then I walk out, just puffing it in the gym teacher's face, bitch. Because you're an adult. Because <laughs> you're because you're a grown man, and you can do that legally. <laughs> I forgot I'm an adult for a second. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, you can also send like, us an email at the media love train guy. He's like, what are you, 40? What are you doing here? You're like, check him out, this fucker. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm the coach. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I talking to? And then Neil, Neil Adams <laughs> hits children, me with a bus. Bunch of children playing basketball. <laughs> and you're just like smoking. <laughs> like, I fucking hate this life. Anyway, you can also send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Uh, give us a rating and a reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On YouTube, be sure to give us a subscribe and a thumbs up. And special thank you to Julie. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Who has definitely unsubscribed by Smoked now. a cig and, and blown some smoke in the gym teacher's face. Yeah, because she won badass bitch. Yeah, but she was in high school. <laughs> she was in high school at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not the creeper that I am. <laughs> She's like sneaking into school gyms, yeah. waiting for the class to start so you can light one up and step out. <laughs> I just stand there for six hours. <laughs> it's like on your phone. I'm just like waiting. I'm like, I'm like checking to make. I'm like, does the lighter work? I need to make sure the lighter works. And then after six there. hours, you're like, fuck, it's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This is one of those episodes when you get to talking about how people should rate and review us. I'm like, maybe we don't mention it at the end of this one. <laughs> Let's not remind people of this. Yeah. But anyway, give us a rating and a review. Review, yeah. You can do it. Listen, you can do that right in app. It really does help. You give us a five-star review. You can say... And I really mean it for this one. You can say whatever you want in there, man. You want to rip us a new asshole? You feel free. This week, if you give us a five-star review or a five-star rating in the review box, if you're still listening to this episode, just tell us why. Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or just say you are. Just say I, just I was say still listening. I was still listening. I was still listening behind the bleachers. I don't know that I'd want to know why. Or under them. All right, if you, I'll tell you what. Would you smoke under the bleachers or behind the bleachers? You let us know in that review box. All right, where's the better place to smoke behind the smoke? Uh, <laughs> where's Siggy? the better place to smoke behind the bleachers? <laughs> smoke behind the bleachers. That is leading oh, the witness. Jesus. Objection. Hearsay. Uh, sustain. That's a reference that I don't think you get, but a lot of our listeners will. Why don't I get it? What do you think? I'm an idiot? Have you been keeping up with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard stuff? I have not. Yeah. He keeps getting called for hearsay. The, the lawyer keeps objecting over and over again. And recently this past, well, it'll be like two weeks ago when this airs. But as of recording this, like a few days ago, the lawyer like asked a question and he, it was like, did, you, did anyone tell you X, Y, or Z? And Johnny Depp was like, well, I think a few people did. And he goes, objection, hearsay. And he's like, it was your question. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, I tried looking in on some of that, and then I was like, Don't do it. It'll, it'll, make, it'll drive you mad. This is awful. Yeah. This is the downfall of society that there's so many YouTube videos about yeah. a divorce. We made hearing. a TikTok about it. Oh boy. So we're in among the muck. Basically, the TikTok is I don't know what's happening. 
and I don't want to. <laughs> yep, that's that's pretty much where I am. All right. So anyway, I'm trying to remember where I left off and whatever the if hell. If you this have is. something that like we Th- just talked about I, the oath thought, and about yes. Neil Adams, if you have something you would like us to talk about, like uh, like review your favorite under the bleacher cigarettes or behind the bleachers cigarettes. I was Gym trying to coaches, think of a different thing. Gym cigars. Coaches. Sure. Meth. Yeah, if there's something... So we just talked about Neil Adams and the oath, but as always, we're always looking for something to talk about. If there's something that you've read and you're like, you guys gotta read this. This is your reading assignment for both you fuckers. Send it on over. If there's something you've seen or you you made and you're like, hey, I made a thing. Can you take a look at it? Can you give it a read? Can you give it a shout out? Send it over. We love doing that. If there's just like, hey, talk about this thing talk about this series this movie whatever send it over we're looking always looking for suggestions we want to know what you want us to to talk about next week is the news followed by something else we'll probably do the news and then feel like we're not going to wait to do dr strange i think we'll probably do you and i talked about doing just like a quick dr strange and putting it out on a different day when are you seeing it i think i'll probably see it on the monday afterwards That's probably what I'll do. So by the time this comes, wait, I think by the time this comes out, I will have seen it yesterday. That's what I'm planning. And I will have seen it five days, four days ago, four days ago. And I will have ruined it for you. I'm going to periscope it and share it to you. Cool. While I'm in the theater. Please do. Great. That's the only way I want to see it. Good. Yeah. Great. Great. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Good. 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 Great. Yeah. No, great. Hitler mutton chops. Great. Do we end it there? Should we end it there? Nah, let's not end it Well, first of all, we made a thing. Oh, there it is. We did make a thing. Son of a bitch. (laughs) I didn't know if this counted as a thing, but we made a thing. Somehow. And there it is. God willing. That's how easy it is. We made a thing. So now go out and make a thing. I mean, for God's sakes, if this counts as a thing that got made, you can make something way better than this. So go for it. Um, Yeah. Uh, that's it. There you go. All right. Yeah. There. All right. Hitler mutton chops. I think we might make a video of this and see how it does. So uh, if you're listening to this, you're going to get in the know. You're going to get a little behind the curtain peek at a a TikTok video that I'm going to make. And this will basically be the whole thing. So if you come across the video, you can just skip it and then delete TikTok off of your phone. um, But how will they know how the Johnny Depp trial turns out? (laughs) That's true. Here are some of my favorite versions of that joke of the like, but I barely know her. Right. Okay. There's a Netflix original movie called Elevator Grid. Okay. It's one of my favorites. Elevator Grid. That I That's pretty good. I barely know her, right? Another one that I really like is uh, there's a, a highway in, I think, Ohio called the Turner Diagonal. That's pretty good. That's right? a good one. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, let me see. Are there, are there any? There were a few. I had like the three or four written down. The famous one that I remember down. is David Letterman on his show on CBS said, was talking about Joe Cocker and said, Cocker? I barely know her, which is the only the only one I need, really, because I'm like the guy said, yeah, on network television. (laughs) He was waiting for years to make that joke. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. All right. Go for it. Yes. I I anticipate that video. I know there's a there's a um, a a donut shop called Mr. Donut. Nice. Yeah. I see what you did there. Do you have any that you would like to share? No. 
No. I shared the the Letterman one, and that's the only one I know. I heard that one, and it was like, I can stop at this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're really going out on a high-octane ending on this one, aren't we? I uh, I refuse to hit stop. Great. This is going to go on for a long time, then. Ever. Forever. Whoa, never stop Forever. stopping. Forever. Good, Paul. Thank you. Good reference. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. That's it. Has gotten bigger. All right, I'm stopping. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That and Hitler mutton chops.